Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The driver's seat. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Start the celebrations for McLaren. The driver's seat with Matt McKeldon and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. And welcome to the driver's seat. We're doing it live from Bell's Hotel in beautiful Melbourne, the site of the Formula One Australian Grand Prix. It is back. My name is Nims Azort, joined as always, not always at the wonderful Bells <laughs> Hotel in South <laughs> Melbourne, but sitting to my left is the three-time Touring Car Masters champion. He's a three-time race winner in supercars, 17 podiums to his credit, and an all-around good bloke. The one and only Stephen Johnson makes some noise. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Nimsy. You've pulled out the stats on that one, mate. <laughs> and also to his left. And then there's me. In the middle on the panel, he is he, he's part of the inaugural Super Utes field. He is a class winner at the Bathurst 12-hour. Not only that, you might see him in the Trans Am Australia competition. Sometimes close to the fence, but <laughs> more often than not on the track, the one and only Matthew McKeldin. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. How good is this? How good is this? And, of course, we are always joined uh, once a month by our favourite uh, owner of a classic car- classic cars. Uh, how do we put it? He's got a sickness is how you put it. <laughs> he has got a dead set illness. Well, if that illness is stocking up on classic uh, motorcars... Let's be facing it. He's, he's the owner of the show. And that's that's a, yes, and that too. Uh, he's our wonderful uh, sponsor from Kubota, the one and only Malcolm Owens. The great man. Good evening. Good evening. Hey, Mimsy, before we kick off, can I just say, yes, we're at the Bells Hotel here. Sensational. Thank you all for coming down. It has been two years since we sat here waiting for the sound of Formula One to be roaring around Melbourne, even though they sound like Dyson vacuum cleaners these days. <laughs> I am pumped. This is the best town in the world at this time of year when the Formula One boys and girls are around. I love it. Just love it. Well, you know what? This is, after three long years, we have been waiting three years, but the AGP is finally back. F1 cars will be returning to Albert Park from Friday, but plenty has changed since the last time, uh, you know those vroom vroomers went around to Albert Park and let Nesty take us back to 2020 because you were actually here you were doing uh, you were working you were yep. the driving standards advisor for the TCR at the time yep TCR absolutely working for ARG so it was their first and initial really takeover of, of TCR and, and the race so it was um, yeah, it was a bit of a weird weekend you know <laughs> really weird weekend and 
everybody didn't know what was going on. It was obviously the, the start of the pandemic. And uh, like we were here, obviously, from the Tuesday and the Wednesday of that week. But to get to the Friday and it to be running around trying to get flights home to start with, so you didn't get stuck. But um, never did I thought, did I think that you were going to go to Melbourne. The AGP, it's all set up. It's there, ready to go. And literally, it stops. It stops with, with no um, no warning, basically. Yeah. And the the funny thing is, well, it's not funny, but in hindsight, it's kind of funny. Here we are. Everyone's fighting to get flights into Melbourne. <laughs> Venues have booked out. And how excited are we for the Formula One Grand Prix yes. this weekend? Let's actually talk about the on-track sort of stuff because a lot has changed since the last Grand Prix. I mean, we have got uh, a brand-new champion, Max Verstappen. He is... Uh, it's, it's refreshing not to see someone from Mercedes actually um, with the number one on the side of their oh, door. And, and you're 100% right, Nimsy. And I don't mind saying, Stevie J, I'm loving the fact that Mercedes are struggling. I love it mm. because... For the last, what, seven years, we've had to deal with Lewis Hamilton or, or uh, a Valtteri Bottas winning. And so to see, finally, those guys struggling, I think we're going into race weekends now, Formula One, where we don't know who's going to win. Mm. Ferrari are definitely on a run. They, they've got a really, really good car. But apart from Ferrari, I, don't, I genuinely start this weekend, I don't know who's going to win. Well, I think it's... Um, when you think about it, it's been... Since I reckon probably Sebastian Vettel that we've actually seen a number one yep. on, a, on a Formula One car. Because obviously Nico Rosberg was the only one to take away a championship from Lewis Hamilton. He retired after that, didn't come back. There was no number one. So Max is really the, the, the first and foremost uh, guy that's brought the number one back into Formula One. And yeah. it's not too dissimilar to supercars where the guys now want to continue their legacy with their own number rather than run the number one. Yeah. So let's put it out to, to you guys here. Were you happy with watching Formula One and seeing Lewis Hamilton win every single round? Were you, did, no, it was boring. Did you like seeing a bit of variety now? Do you like walking down Ligon Street and seeing so many people up and about that Ferrari's winning? Oh, look, can you boys and girls, can you imagine what Ligon Street is going to be like? <laughs> if Ferrari get up on Sunday, can you imagine what Ligon Street's going to be like? It'll be free pizza. It'll be everyone will be doing <laughs> drags up and down... Up get and down on the Ligon beers. Street. They'll be getting on the beers. That's exactly what they'll be doing. Uh, I, as I said, this is, Melbourne is the best time. Stevie J and I won't be here for the Grand Prix. You'll be here for the Grand Prix. Yep. If Ferrari wins on Sunday, I want you to go to Ligon Street and I want some social media of what's going on in Ligon Street. It's going to be full on. So do you guys reckon that the racing has improved or we've just been desperate for two years, three years not to have anything? Because I tell you, for us, the day that the... Um, that the pandemic started, I was actually backing my car out of the drive to go to the Grand Prix. You were Prix. too, I remember, you rang. And then we got this phone call going, don't come. And yep. that was really the start of it. And here we are, all this time later. So there's been a lot of criticism of the way that the races have been run. Um, do you think it's improved this year? It certainly seems 100%. to have. 100, 1,000%. Yeah, yeah. They can race, they can follow close, they can... You know, they can make passes. There's so many more parts, like the strategy now in, in, in what to do and when to pass. So uh, there's a lot more, I think, involvement from the driver, not just to drive fast and I can't get close enough through the fast corner. They're actually, you can actually still see the car in front through the fast corners now, whereas before, once they get to a fast corner, they disappear out of sight and all of a sudden it was snooze fest for the next five laps. And I think that the Netflix show has really made a difference. People have that insight, have better understanding, and so they're looking at it more from 
teams, personalities, perspectives, not just the driver and the car and the first corner procession. So I think that's really helped. Mm. Greatest PR stunt ever. I couldn't agree more. We were chatting just a little bit earlier about Drive to Survive that there were... I talked to... I've probably spoken to maybe 20 or 30 people in the last six months, 12 months, who had no idea who... Half of them were your friends. True. Well, no, I don't have 60 friends. He doesn't uh, have that but many friends. See, I don't no, know. half of the my, 30, my friends, are, my friends are right here. Um, uh, people who had no idea who Lando Norris was. People had... Yeah. They, we all know who Dan Ricciardo is, right? Uh, but no idea who, say... Um, uh, see, even I'm coming up with different names. Like Valtteri Bottas, they didn't know who it was. Charles they did, had no idea who Charles Leclerc, Gunter Steiner, all those people were. So you're 100% right. And interestingly, uh, there are IndyCar is now doing a similar show that we're going to see in a little while. Um, I, I think Supercars has... Done Inside Line. Done Inside Line, line and, and Erebus have done a couple of things as well. Because shows like this are cheap to make. They're easy access, and they bring the people right in. So Drive to Survive has been sensational. I'd actually be pretty interested to see, like, how many people here were not Formula One fans until Drive to Survive came around? Could we get, like, just a, a show of hands? There we go. So There you go. And, and, that, and that's what we like to see, because if it's bringing someone to a racetrack, Absolutely. by all means. Like, I'm not a fan of football. I, don't, I know I'm in Melbourne. Please don't lynch me. Geez, you are doing a not, really good job. I to, could like, not give not a toss whether later. it's Hawthorne or St Kilda, and my stepfather's just arrived, and he's a, he's a Hawthorne guy. He'll probably shoot me. But I couldn't give a toss. But I was absolutely enthralled by the TV series on Stan about management of football and the managers and all that sort of stuff. I absolutely... Loved it. So if uh, I can totally see from people who aren't fans of our sport why Drive to Survive and Inside Line and all that sort of stuff has had such an impact. And I'm glad they've done it. Uh, even though the drivers hate it, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad they're doing it. Well, the session times for the Formula 1 Grand Prix is uh, Friday is the first practice at 1pm. Uh, practice 2 at 4pm. On Saturday, it's qualifying at 4pm. And the race is at 3pm on Sunday. And to Matty Max... Uh, uh, step that it is here. If you are a big Hawthorne man, may I heartily recommend Hawthorne Fan TV. Uh, just to put <laughs> it out there. Uh, it's, it's a quality product. But um, we're off and running here at the driver's seat. We'll take a quick pause for the cause. We're doing it live from Bell's Hotel. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll get to our Q- we'll get to a Q and A a little bit later on. But we're going to open the doors to the Classic Cars Corner. We'll do that next. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to the driver's seat. As always, we do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. It is our live on location from the beautiful Bells Hotel in South Melbourne. We're getting ready for the Formula One Grand Prix. It is back in Melbourne. And remember to grab the all-new driver's seat app. It's got podcasts, interviews, news and videos. It is a must for all motorsport fans. But we've got Malcolm Owens here. And what we're going to do is slide open the doors to the Classic Cars Corner. This is the Classic Cars Corner with Malcolm Owens for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Now, for those that are new, the Classic Cars Corner is basically, it's your one-stop shop with classic cars. And uh, last month, we did go off the rails a little bit, Malcolm. We, yeah. I will admit. <laughs> we uh, did. Yeah. I, don't, I don't mean to berate you on air, but I will, because we did get <laughs> off the beaten track. Uh, and we discussed some of our pet peeves. And let's face it, if we're all from Melbourne... 
Going back on the roads, geez, there's some reptiles out there, isn't there? You offended everybody. I yeah, know. the poor right lane drivers. Oh. Bad income. <laughs> Even today on the way into the airport, we were coming in from the airport, Mel came and grabbed us. A taxi driver almost drove straight through our door. I heard words come out of this man's mouth that I haven't heard <laughs> ever. Well, and I've know. heard every word. But I tell you, we carved some people up, though. That was pretty <laughs> oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. We got here. We got here. Two backseat drivers here. Uh, now, so this month's topic, Malcolm, we're going to... Because Formula One is, of course, the, uh, the flavour of the month at the moment, we're going to talk about what are the costs of an F1 car. Because, let's face it, wouldn't we all love to have a Formula One car in our garage? Maybe, <laughs> maybe we're not going to take it down to IGA to pick up the milk, but it'd be nice to have in the garage. Have, you, have you seen who's sitting here? The three of us wouldn't fit in one. It would <laughs> well, be there, and you'd look at it and you'd go, that's nice. <laughs> I'll never drive the damn thing, but it's nice. So, Malcolm, let's just say that we, you know, we have found a magic set of Tim Tams and it's granting us three wishes, and we do want <laughs> an F1 car. What are the costs of an F1 car, and how much would it cost to buy one if you were considering getting one for your collection. All right, not exactly classic cars, but there's a couple of points here I'd like to make. Firstly, um, an F1 car was as much as $400 million before they put the brakes on some of the expenditure. And um, I'd just like to say it is great to see Matthew wearing pants because he hasn't worn pants for a show in two years, so good to be back, <laughs> yeah. Matt. Um, Are we talking <laughs> underpants or pants? <laughs> oh, yeah. Pants. Right on. <laughs> so... Um, there were, new, there were new rules um, implied from 2021, which had them capped at $145 million. But I just thought it'd be really interesting to have a look at what some of the component costs are, especially given that Matthew um, may have incurred <laughs> a uh, bit of a rebuild cost at uh, some of these for his... Um, Shh, my parents are here. Don't tell them. them how much I'm spending to fix the car. No, no, we won't be telling Don't them. Don't tell them that. Hi, Pauline. Um, <laughs> so let's just start with a couple of things, like the chassis. Just the, the chassis alone is single-piece structure the protective cell around the, um, the driver. It's virtually indestructible. Um, twice as strong as steel, five they times lighter. They call it the monocoque. Monocoque. That's Sorry? It. The monocoque. The what? The monocoque. monocoque. Just checking. I thought I was working blue. <laughs> Hang on. Now, how much would it cost, would you think, for, for just the chassis? In euros or Aussie dollars? Or, dollars. or US. Dollar. US, US dollars. US dollars. A monocoque for a Formula One car. Million, sa- million bucks? I'm saying... Two and a half. Two and a half mil. Two and a half. No, I'm saying to me. No, no, come on. It's cheaper than that. 700 grand for oh. that. Rear... Oh, your salary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Thanks. Okay, the rear wing and the DRS, about 85,000 just for that, just because of the technology in it. But if you move to the front of the car with the front wing, because it's got the, all of the technology in it, and a lot of the performance, as we know, comes from the downforce, it's 140,000 bucks just for the front wing. So yes. when you're watching this weekend and someone goes into the back of each other, 140 grand. <laughs> just, just kiss Woo-hoo. it off the wall like a few of them do, and then, yeah, some big money. Now, the halo. Now, everyone was pretty critical of the halo to start with, but there's a fair chance that um, that did save Grosjean's life in, in, in Bahrain. Actually. And, yeah, and, and IndyCar. When, when Max Verstappen yeah, ended yeah, up yeah. on top of him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Lewis nearly had a tyre mark in the head. Um, <laughs> so um, they can take over 100 kilotons, roughly the equivalent of two African elephants landing on it simultaneously. <laughs> and they're, they're cheap. Or you and I What's sitting on kiloton? each side. Seriously, a kiloton? They're, they're about 17 grand. And, okay, let's get to the expensive thing. I actually reckon that's cheap. I reckon it's cheap too. 17 grand for something that's going to save your life. That's more than the your air, bar bill. The airbag would be fairly heavy in, in our cars, let alone literally a Formula 1 car. 17 grand, that's cheap. So what about the engine? That's the important part. What do you reckon? Oh, it depends on what you include. Does that include the battery, the hybrid? No, just, just, the, the, just the, the engine. Internal, the IC engine, they call it. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I was way off on the chassis, well, so it, I have absolutely well, well, the no supercar idea. engine's about 150 grand, so I'm thinking it's probably four to 500 grand. 18.3 million. Oh, 18.3 <laughs> million. If you don't mind, umpire, 18.3 million. And that's why some of the teams, some of the teams down pit lane don't use new engines. They buy oh boy. the other team's previous ones. <laughs> so, full on. 18.3 million. Yeah. So, that's where it is. Cool. And we'll get to that in a minute. But gearbox is 354,000. Grosjean did a good job. He split his engine and gearbox. He just he thought he'd just keep that 18.3 million there <laughs> safely on the Separate. track. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Uh, fuel tanks, 31,000. The steering wheel, a lot of technology in the steering wheel, 50 grand for that. Yeah. Even the hydraulics and braking systems, about 170 grand. So we're talking big money. So at this point, because the costs were capped, we're looking overall at about $20 million per car. I hate vacation now. $20 million <laughs> per car. All right. So <laughs> Phantom button pusher back in SEN is doing great work. If you can't hear that, he's doing very good I work. I can hear him. Because um, it's classic cars, if we want to buy one, how much is it going to cost? <laughs> well, it depends, I guess. Grosjean's would be half price. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I don't but know. Maybe what, like Senna, one of, like some, something nostalgic like one of Senna's old cars and stuff. Obviously, that would be a fortune. Well, a that's couple, exactly a right. Them, a couple of them came on sale just recently, I think. So the, the pricing is really dependent on a lot of things, but everything from about 50000 up to $7.5 million. So a race-winning McLaren driven by Lewis sold recently last year for $6.45 million. Michael Schumacher's 98 Ferrari sold for $6.7 million. And the most expensive was one of Fangio's um, championship cars at $29.6 million. But you can buy them for about $100,000 but they come without the engine and the gearbox. So if you just want to yep. put it in your lounge room and have a, and sit in it, that's okay. They're pretty affordable. I have always dreamed of having a house with a Formula One car on the wall as you walk in. No engine. Well, you could probably afford how, that. How good would that be? You could afford it, for sure. On my salary? Yeah. You reckon? You're a sale. Like, you, you sell houses. You could have two Alleged, of them. Allegedly. <laughs> you could have two of them. You could easily have two of them. <laughs> oh. so, I've, got, I've got a kid that races. I've got no money. That's very true. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm. Triple J. So, um, yeah, so it depends um, on the, the heritage of the car, who's been driving it. And also the teams won't sell them for three or four years because you reuse the parts and there's also IP that they don't want anyone else to buy. Yeah, so, there's, um, so, yeah, you can afford one. And even some people buy them and they go on syndicates as investments, but the maintenance costs are killer. Too hard. Yeah, so... So if we then... Tra- if, we, if we put that across to Steve Johnson... Uh, not Formula One, but what would a what would a secondhand Steve Johnson supercar sell for on the open market, knowing full well that it's been belted and crashed and stuffed up against a wall? And <laughs> I'd normally say ten bucks, but seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine. What what was the last supercar of yours that sold, and how much? Do you, do you know? I, I think the last one of mine that got. Restored and sold. I think it was somewhere in the vicinity of three fifty to four hundred thousand. So I mean, it depends on what it's done. And that was the that was the car that we podiumed at Bathurst in. Let's be honest. Back in 07. Not much. No, not 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 in, not in contrary to what it is. You get some of the other cars like the 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 Nissan GDRs, the Godzillas, and that sort of thing. That that Scafe drove the Sierra that Dad drove. I mean, the XD that, that Dad hit the... Not hit the Rocky, but he won the, the race the next year. I mean, 
that was over a million bucks, and that was Jeez. five, six, seven years ago now. And so, like the Godzilla sitting in Lindsay Fox's collection. In, exactly, in and he bought that for one point two million or something. Mm. Unbelievable! Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. This is so. We'll, race cars are either good investments, or they're just prohibitively expensive for anyone genuinely to own. Well, it depends if a supercar's then gone through Super Two, Super Three track car. By then, they're not worth that much, are yeah. they? Well, I, I, I wouldn't know. He's your man on that one. <laughs> well, half the time they end up getting, um, you know, they go, especially in the earlier days, like with the, the EFs or the BF Falcons and that sort of stuff, they end up getting changed into the, a lot of them, quite a few of the DJR cars got reskinned to AUs and went on from there. But then once people found the history of them, they ended up restoring them back if they weren't raced. And that, they were actually worth more when restored back to what they were when they were originally built. In fact, I'm going to ask a member of our audience who has just surreptitiously rolled into the front table there behind the uh, behind the palm trees. Uh, James Brock, ladies and gentlemen, just walk into the room. Former supercar driver, obviously. Uh, now, JB, your last you know what? supercar... Oh, look at a mic's coming on. He's going to hate mic. this. He's going to hate this, folks. The last supercar that you drove, James Brock... I don't even remember what that was. No, <laughs> it, was it not the Euro, Spe- Euro, Euro Europe, Europe, car? Europe car thing? Oh, yes. VX Commodore? It, it what probably, would that have sold for? Uh, yeah, about 10 bucks, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Owen and you drove that. And what, what has been the most amount of money that's been uh, one of your dad's cars was, was sold probably for? Probably the A9X, wouldn't it, Jay? Oh, dude, uh, yeah, the A9X for sure. And um, that would have been... I, mean, I, got, I got a terrible story. I, I, PB owned that car up until... The early 90s, I reckon. Yeah. Um, and it was like, that was the only car out of all the cars he had that I said, Dad, that's, I want that car. That's, that's mine. I'm going to have it. You can give it to me. That's my inheritance yeah. right there. He said, yeah, yeah, no worries. And then, like, sold it a year later to a, a guy for $35,000. I think oh. that was early 90s. A oh. Peter Brock A9X <laughs> for 35000 Oh, yeah. I, I, the one. The, the, the one that broke the record on the last lap yeah. of Bathurst. Yeah. 35 grand. I, I kid you oh, not. Oh, JB. That's heartbreaking. <laughs> Add a million to that now. Absolutely. Totally. I'm sure he's loving that you brought that memory yeah, up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Thank you, JB. Yeah. James Brock, ladies and gentlemen. You'll get me for that a little bit later on. Oh, there's a receipt coming. Yeah. yeah. I've got his guitar just down the back here, so if he wants that, he'll have to play nice. But, um, but hey, look, I think it's about time that we slide close the doors to the Classic Cars Corner, but give it up for Malcolm Owens. Absolutely. I still can't get past it. That was the Classic Cars Corner. To Kubota. Building Australia. All right, we'll take a quick pause. And we're live at Bell's Hotel. We'll be back with more of The Driver's Seat. This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter. Shaping and building Australia together. And now, it's The Driver's Seat off the track update. Thanks to Burson Auto Parts. Burson, we know auto parts. Yes, it is the segment that we call Tomorrow's News Today. Yes. Uh, we famously broke the story of Nick Perkat leaving Brad Jones Racing. Yes. The return of the... Oh, Adler- you're in the proverbial <laughs> poo-poo for that one, Matthew. I still am. He still won't talk to me. He, fr- he did like something of mine on Facebook the other day, and I thought I was back in, and I sent him a message... And I still haven't heard back from him. So <laughs> Donuts. I think, yeah, I think Nick Nick slightly P one double five did old Matty McKeldon. <laughs> now, now while we have had a fairly successful run with uh, the off the track update when it comes to breaking news, we've had a miss. We have had a miss. You did say that Winton would be having a TV only round. 
which didn't come to fruition. No, well, uh, no, we think Winton. We think Winton is that was last year. Yes, that's so. We had, yeah, we had to miss on that one because yeah. poor old Winton, of course, has been scheduled about five or six times and actually never gets a race. Yes. Uh, and I had a, I actually had an email from someone today asking me whether Winton is going to go ahead this year. The info that I get is Winton is going ahead at uh, at not the expense of, but Newcastle will not be going ahead. This year, so I understand. Well, there you go. Breaking news first, and you'll uh, read that on Speed Cafe uh, tomorrow, no doubt. uh, Now, before we get to our off-the-track update, I do want to quickly mention that we have got, thanks to Kubota, two Redline hospitality tickets to the Formula One Heineken Australian Grand Prix. The hottest tickets in town. Hottest ticket in town. Uh, The Redline hospitality suite is located on Turn 4 as well, which is the perfect location to watch as the cars tackle a faster, more competitive circuit. Now, you can enjoy mouth-watering grazing menu plus premium beverageinos. You can have a couple of Luke beverages while you're there. Um, alongside the uh, Grand Prix circuit, and there will be some DJs performing throughout the day. Now, this package is valued at $1,600. So, Simone will be walking around. Hundy. Sixteen hundy. Hundy. Not bad. It's, uh, can, can I ask the question? Nemzy Ste- can't No, you can't have it. He's got the beverage package. Stevie J and I are not going to the Grand Prix. And so you, as Mr. Kubota, had two tickets on for Friday's action. Did you get an invite? Negatory. Did you get a text message? Negative. Take your earphones off and get out. (laughs) Seriously. So um, the wonderful Simone will be walking around with raffle tickets. So if you want in, make sure you do it and uh, we'll announce the winner a little bit later on. But let's get to our off-the-track update. Uh, What do we have on the news today, Matthew? I need to be... Every time I do this uh, particular segment, I walk a very fine line of trust with people that I've spoken to. Um, A lot of the time... A number of times, certainly in 2021, I almost got sued. So I need to be very mindful of what we say now moving forward about off-track stuff. However, ah, soft. <laughs> now, however, <laughs> there's a however there. In the last five days, I have sat down and I have I've had conversations with people and I've sat down. Hang on, Manny, hang on, hang on. Just, just putting it out there. Anything he says is not endorsed by myself, Stephen Johnson, Malcolm oh, Owens, or suck. Kubota. You giant <laughs> He makes most or of it up anyway. SEN or Kubota. Yeah, exactly. Yes, Renee Gracie's making a comeback. As no. what? Nah, negative. Negative. Um, so I, I had a few discussions with people. Um, to give you a little bit of background, ARG and Supercar. So ARG owns TCM, TCR, S5000, uh, Trans Am, those sorts of stuff. Supercars bought... ARG last year, and we went into the end of 2021, start of 2022, thinking, what a sensational marriage. We're going to be able to see S5000 cars at supercar events, or we're going to see this, that, and the other thing. And then the stand deal got brokered. And so with Seven being the broadcast partner of supercars, as soon as the ARG product went to uh, uh, Nine and Stan, never the twain shall meet. Because how do you get a Channel Nine product onto Channel Seven, right? So, I wanted. I, I, there is a lot of head banging, head butting, and smacking around going on between supercars and ARG right now. It's absolutely happening. They're not talking about it, but there is a lot of egos in the room, and they're all belting the crap out of each other, which is but, really interesting. But I know this is your segment, and you drive it, <laughs> but. Whoever thought we would have seen supercars and TCR at Bathurst with a Repco slash super cheap uh, conflicting yeah, major of sponsors? Oh, last know? year in twenty twenty one. Never say never. I get well. it. No, I, you never say never. I totally get that. But here's the thing: 
There is one name that keeps coming up across all three entities, and I don't understand. You're the business guy. I don't understand how this person can be involved in all three and not have controversy. And this is where I'm going to get sued. The name You're is, going to get sued. Yeah, I am going to get sued. <laughs> uh, the name is James Warburton. You all know James Warburton if you're a bit of a rev head. Um, he is the former head of Supercars, left to be the head of uh, uh, Seven West or Channel Seven. So, but here's the thing: he's the head of Channel Seven, but he's also the non-executive director of ARG, and he's also a major shareholder in Supercars. And from my background knowledge and from what I'm hearing wasn't involved in the discussion between Channel 7 continuing to broadcast the ARG product into 2022 and it landed on his desk that all of a sudden 9 and Stan were going to be running that and not supercars. So how does, how does that actually work? How do you have one person involved in all three entities and there be no continuity between all three? I, I don't get it. He may have to have excused himself because of potential conflict of interest. Here's the thing. I agree with you on that point, except what I'm hearing is that he has got... He is P1 double-fived. He is really, really annoyed that ARG went to a Channel 9 product. Remembering that Supercars paid... Uh, sorry, ARG paid $60-odd million for the ARG people, for the ARG uh, properties. And then Stan have come in with a $20 million pay pack and they've gone, thank you, we'll take that cash. So I don't understand how, and I'd love to, and, and I'm going to work on it and see if I can get some, some answers on this. James Warburton, Seven West, uh, investor in supercars and non-executive director of ARG. How all of those pieces on the board can now get played into continuity. Because let's, let's extrapolate this out. Let's talk about Adelaide 500. Uh, which we're going to get back at the end of the year. We're all very happy with that. So you're going to have supercars there. But let's talk support categories and the event for the Adelaide 500. You're going to have Porsche? Nope. They finish it at, uh, at the Gold Coast, I think. Um, you're going to have uh, um, uh, Trans Am? Nope. Not allowed. S5000? Nope. Not allowed. Dunlop Super 2? Maybe. So we're talking right now that the event, the support categories for the Adelaide 500 might be... Hyundai XL. Let's look. That's Toyota eighty six. It's a mess, right? As, as it's an, an absolute shit show. As a motor sport fan and average punter, what I want to be able to have an understanding about is what's being telecast, when, by whom, and where. Because at the moment, I've got to have Foxtel, I've got to have Stan, I've got to have four or five different versions. Your free-to-air punter gets it in the in the tailpipe. There's nothing on, and there's confusion. I mean, there's even two Trans Am. Yep, TA2 series. and Trans Am. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, which, which one do I follow? Who's in whose? Who's in the other one? Who's, who's moving across? Sports sedans, there's some great stuff. International, there's some fantastic events on that we're just confused as to what's on where. It should come back that there is a set free to air for, for the average punter, and then you can get the bonus content if you're willing to pay for it. And it needs to be amalgamated. Now, what's yeah. happening with the change of ownership is it's a bit like musical chairs. No one knows where the, where nope. the, who's going to sit where when the music stops. And it it's needs a money to, grab. It needs it's, to get it's sorted absolute out. Absolute money. It's a grab. money grab. Yeah. And, and, and we are sorry to interrupt, but we are now in April, and we still haven't got this sorted out. Yeah. I mean, who is and running this right. show? They don't know what to watch or where to watch it or no. what what when you want to watch something, you don't know where to go. I don't know even know when it's on, and I'm looking at it every day. Yeah. I mean, and. And the thing is, if the business gets in the way of the sport, 
the sport suffers and then people go, that's too hard, I'm just going to go back and watch the footy because mm. I know it's on TV, exactly I can watch right. it, and I know when it's on and I've got choices of three or four or five, six games a week, yep. I can watch it free to air, I can watch it on Fox, I can watch it anywhere and motor racing is a brilliant sport to watch and we're just messing it up completely. Yep, I completely an agree and I don't know where it's going to go from here because there's too much vested interest, too much ego and too much money to be, uh, to be getting thrown around and we have no continuity. At the end of the month, Mrs. Mack um, comes to me every single month and she says, hang on a sec, Maddie. We've got Stan, Stan Sport, KO, Fox. I mean, I'm paying like 100 bucks a month in subscriptions to watch sport. And it's tax deductible for you too. Thank God it's tax deductible. <laughs> That's the only way I get away with it. Right. Uh, but so everyone, yeah. you heard that? Everyone goes around to Maddie's house when we want to watch uh, any indicator. Actually, just give out your login details to everybody. I'm sure that. Like <laughs> Don't that. worry. There's there's a there's a few people that have my login details. And uh, uh, as an example, when I crashed it at Bathurst at the end of last year, I wanted to see the replay. Do you reckon I could get on? Nah, because everyone was clogging up my uh, five subscriptions. It. You found it. And the car. <laughs> All a thousand pieces of it. I found the car, yeah, exactly. Well, Swept it up with a broom. <laughs> well, yeah, this is something that needs to be sorted, and I don't think it'll be sorted anytime soon. Mimsy, I think you're 100% right. I think we're going to be talking about this uh, at this time next year. Yep. And the only people that suffer are these people who watch the sport. Yeah. But think about and you've... support it. Reema at the back there, they support DJR. Mm-hmm. Um, you support sport, and it's just a dog's breakfast. If we get back to what we had with supercars, TCM, Porsche, it was a TA. TA2 and um, Super 2s. Yep. It's a bloody it's good, good show. Telecast. It's a good show. It's a good six hours yep. in front of the telly. Yep. They just need to lock, lock a, a standardised support category in, and not even just support, support categories in with the supercars at all the, all the major events so that then you know what you're watching. And then at the other events, they can, they can bring in some extra. Let, let me tell you from a sponsor's perspective, and we're only in the absolute shallow end. When you're signing up a sponsorship and then, oh, no, there's no TV. Oh, it's all going to be on socials. And you go, well, what the hell? You know, it, mm. it's not what we paid for. It's Stream. not what we signed It's going to be streamed. Well, yeah. But, oh, well, Matthew, streaming is the future. Apparently so. Remember that. Uh, little thing called Netflix. Doing well, I think. Um, but doing okay. Because <laughs> it's free. That doing was, okay. Almost free. That was our Burson off-the-track update. We do it thanks to Burson Auto Parts. They're known for first-class knowledge and service. We're off and running here on the driver's seat, live from Bell's Hotel in South Melbourne. We'll be back with more right after this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Now, welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. It's great to be here at Bell's Hotel. And counting down to a live race on the streets of Melbourne. Is everyone pumped for that? (laughs) Now, normally, this is where we would do uh, our feature guest, but... uh, Tonight, you are our guest, so we thank you for jumping on board and thank you very much. But um, we'd like to do a question and answer session. So if anyone's got a question for Matt and Steve, we'll get to some, um, some listener questions from our social media first. But if anyone's got a question, just stick your hand up in the air and I'll come to you with the mics. And uh, Turn my mic on, there we go. <laughs> How peaceful was it for the, the, the last 30 seconds while Matt's microphone was on? It was sensational. I, I'm offended by that. What about last time when you actually were speaking into the wrong mic on the desk? That was pretty funny. No one said I was a professional. 
Don't, no. don't ever think that I'm a professional, ladies and gentlemen. That part was uh, was never. Uh, <laughs> but, but look, if anyone's got a question for Matt or Steve, uh, just stick your hand up and I'll come to you. But first, well, let's get to some ones from the social. Also, if you have put your name into the draw to win tickets to the uh, AGP for this Friday, we'll be drawing it at the end of this segment. But uh, if anyone's got a question, let me know. But should we get to the first couple that we've got here, yeah. boys? Um, so these ones were taken off our Instagram page. Um, and this one was from Alan on Instagram. But Alan. <laughs> Alan. Alan. Steve. 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 Um, so if anyone's got a question, just <laughs> Alan. stick your hand in the air. In fact, actually, let's get to the questions. Yeah, let's get to me. the questions. Let's right. throw to the studio audience, ladies what and gentlemen. What was your name, bud? Uh, Scott from Adelaide. Scott, Scott from, from Adelaide. Adelaide. Oh, from he, Adelaide. Made, he made Adelaide. it all the way from Adelaide. Mate, all fact, the way from Adelaide. In that f- is commitment, my man. In well fact, done. I'm pretty sure when we first put the post up on our Facebook page, Scotty was the first person to comment there and go, ah. oh, we'll be there front and centre. So Perfect. give it up for Scotty well from Adelaide. Done, Scotty, all the way from Scotty. <laughs> Can I just say, Scotty, this is going to get me in trouble with Mrs. Matt. <laughs> Adelaide, most beautiful women in the country. The trick is, don't take them out of Adelaide. Oh, My parents will attest to that. Most beautiful women in, in oh, the world. Oh, dear Lord. We could be on marriage number Sorry, three I'm by the just end of this show. Number three? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Have you now, gone to the John Bow School of Marriages or something? <laughs> <laughs> I went to the James Brock School of Courting right over there. <laughs> oh, I so wish that I could... This, this is what happens when I'm not in the studio. <laughs> for Sorry, Scotty, to your question. Anyway, to let's, your question, let's get to Scotty from Adelaide. Scotty, what's your question? Uh, do you boys think Roland Dane's really retired or is he still around all the time? Oh, he is still around all the time. All the time. Um, he's in there, from what I understand, he's in there two to three days a week, four days a week. Uh, he's talking to his daughter, obviously. He's talking to Jamie. I mean, look, let, let's be fair. Jamie is a sensational supercars driver. Mm. He's a sensational driver. He is learning to be a team principal. He's a seven-time champion, most successful driver we've ever had in our sport. But uh, the, some of the feedback that I get is that his management style is developing. And so he's Does got. Does that mean it's crap? <laughs> I'm trying Does that not to mean get sued again. They're not liking it. I'm trying not to get sued again. <laughs> so Rich Uncle Roland is in there definitely, um, um, on his shoulder having a word. Now that's from a business point of view. Is he having technical input on what should happen? I don't think so. I think Jamie is just he's just saying, hey, I'd shoot the guy in the head. Yeah. You, but you do what you want to do, kind of thing. So. And Jamie Winkup is not going to be shooting anyone in the head. No, we'll just put that, make that very clear. Again. Anyone else got a question for the boys? Anyone? Any other motorsport fans? Send twenty. Anyone? Oh, we got hey, one. Hey, Mark Wooderson, ladies and gentlemen. Straight up the back right here. Right up the back there. I'm doing two things. I'm testing the roaming mic as well. There you go. I feel like uh, Russell Gilbert on an episode of Hey <laughs> Hey. <laughs> Poor old Russell. I just wanted to get the guys' feedback on Shane Van Gisbergen and turning into the Trans Ams. What do you reckon, boys? Well, again, yeah. again, that was that was one of my off-track things that uh, I was I was I was so excited about. I was going to get in here and say, "Hey, Shane Van Gisbergen is going to be driving in Trans Am this year," and then of course Speed Cafe reported it early today. Beat you for the first put time. Put a line through there. Um, <laughs> I probably should have brought that up four weeks ago when yeah, I knew. Thanks for that. Uh, sorry. Um, look, I think <laughs> at the end of the day, I actually I think it's really good, Mark. Um, I was scared he was going to take me mountain biking. <laughs> <laughs> he thought that too. Yeah. Um, at, at the end of the day, I actually think it's really good. Um, the guy can drive anything, obviously. Uh, finished second in his first national rally over the weekend. Um, if you're driving Trans Am and you're driving against Shane Van Gisbergen and you beat Shane Van Gisbergen, you know you've had a bloody good day. Or he's had a really bad day. I, well, either way. I mean, at the end of the or day... Or you put yourself on the radar. Yeah, because, exactly right. You know, 
to, to, beat the, to be the best, you've got to beat the best. Correct. And if the best is in there at the moment and you're basing yourself some, self off what he's doing, yeah. I think that's a great thing. I mean, my young fella Jet will be racing against him. Not that I expect him to be anywhere near him, but you know, Jet's first race at, ever at Bathurst coming up in two weeks where Shane's debuting in the, in the Trans Am car. But I just think it's great. You know, I think the only way you're going to improve is by improving against the best. And that was not so long ago for me where I've got quite a few friends of mine that are actually professional golfers and I love golf I, since, I've, since I've had kids I haven't actually had time to play golf but anyway well, it's another story <laughs> um, but I was always you know off sort of 18 or 20 handicap but once I started playing with them and getting tips off them all of a sudden you know over 12 18 months my handicap went down to like three yeah and it was only because I was playing against such good guys like Adam Scott was yep. one of my guys that I used to play with all, all the time and um um, you I'll, know, just, if I'll just pick up that name, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Exactly. Hang on a second. That's a hell of a name drop, that is. Boom. I think, I think he's, um, yeah, he's, he's got a few more houses than I have. one of my guys I, I used to play with. But, you know, that's, oh, that's sort of where we all started at Sanctuary Cove. And, and it, but you only get better by, by playing against the best or driving against the best or whatever it is. And I think that's only going to benefit everybody in the category. And what I think, you, I, sorry, I think also because it's a, it's a category that is new. We're only three or four years in a Trans Am. Having the best driver in the country currently competing going into Trans Am, I think is brilliant for the category itself. But what's his motivation to do it? He seems to be driving everything. doesn't matter. He doesn't he, care. He I mean, care. I know Shane quite well, and he, he just, he honestly, does, he's, not that I'm, I'm, I'm not quoting it, but he's probably not even getting paid to do it. He just loves racing. He doesn't matter. He loves driving whatever it is, whether it's, you know, rally cars, supercars, you know, he's very loyal to supercars. He loves supercars. He's had opportunities to race GT cars, you know, IMSA cars over in America, whatever it is. He just wants to, race and be successful in supercars and then other things will come he's going to Le Mans this year to race in GTE yep, yep. he's doing other stuff that he has fun doing he'll be in the um, the six hour as well he's with, racing uh, the six hour yeah. absolutely so it doesn't he doesn't get, care if it's a, a GTE car racing at Le Mans or he's driving a Skoda in the forests of Canberra or he's driving a BMW at Bathurst you know or he's driving a supercar at Winton it doesn't really matter. He doesn't care as long as he's driving something. He's Do also very competitive in getting his wheelie bins out of the curb first. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you reckon Scotty Mac's success overseas may get him thinking about possibilities? Honestly, I don't think he's that interested in relocating. Honestly, you know, he's a he's a he loves his home. He loves his family. Yes, his home's New Zealand, um, but you know, Australia, New Zealand is where he's at. I, I can't honestly see him relocating. Um, to race something else. He will do the supercars thing for as long as he can. He will then go and do other opportunities. And, and he's lucky that he's got guys like Red Bull that, that will you know, help fund him and help yeah. make opportunities for him to go and have this fun around the world doing other stuff. You know, I wouldn't be surprised in seeing him race. Like, he was meant to race an LMP2 prototype car at Le Mans last year. Obviously, the COVID thing Couldn't did do that. that. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't. He also you know, wants to do the, uh, the 24 hour he as did, well. He, he went and did Daytona 24 yeah. hour, all that yeah. sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he, that's the enjoyment for him. Not that supercars are not enjoyable, but the supercars is the serious one that he wants to win. Mm -hmm. And the other ones aren't serious that he wants to win. They're just race wins that he's, he's chasing after and, and, and specific events. Fantastic question there. Let's get another one from, uh, what was your name, buddy? Anthony. Hey, Anthony. What do you got? Uh, Gen 3. Yep. Where's it at? Could I pop the YouTube show? They're suggesting cars are getting cut up by, um, to make them longer, to fit in the blokes. And the, um, the price supercars quoting is at 350000 $400,000. <laughs> um, on the popular t uh, YouTube show, they're saying double. 
Yeah, I reckon. So yeah, where, I reckon where is they quoted fifty percent. Anthony, yeah. you're hundred percent right. Nice work, Anthony. Anthony, yeah. welcome. Um, you're hundred percent right, Anthony. Um, we we talked about it on the show last week in my off track update um, for Burson Auto Parts. Um, the, the the money being quoted now is seven hundred thousand. Seven hundred thousand dollars for a supercar. I mean, it's bulltish, right? Who can afford to do that? It's not sustainable. Are they cutting them up? Um, they, have, they have certainly done internal modifications. Um, if you remember, after Tassie, they put Garth Tander in the car and SVG again, two of the, the tallest drivers we've ever seen, um, and yourself. That, well, they should have put you in it because you would have got height and... Um, so, uh, says I. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Height and width. So, you could have done that with Stevie J. Um, so, $700,000 is apparently going to be the, the build cost. And then, um, yeah, they are cutting them up. The question that Stevie we'll J... put it this way. Garth Tander sat in and his head was like an inch and a half above the roll cage on the top. Can't do that. Can't do that. Because if the thing goes over, you go, see you later. So... Um, the big question that Stevie and Jay and I have had is how much is it going to cost to fix them? Not only that, how can it get to that point when the team that initially designed them have got Shane Van Gisbergen as their number one driver and his co-driver, well, he can't first, Garth Tander, who's the, <laughs> one, of the, one of the tallest guys racing it, around. It, like, I, how do they not design a is, car around those t- their own drivers? Anthony, it's a basket case. I can tell you now, Gen 3 is an absolute basket case. So will it be ready for round one, yep. 2023? I, th- I, I, I think I, I genuinely think it'll be ready for round one, but boy, oh boy, they've got some work to do. Imagine if they, imagine if they. Oh, Matty, you just you should see got... how I just looked after you, mate. <laughs> no, I saw no, that. No, right, no, see, the, the, the peripheral vision over here. <laughs> I picked that right up. Nimsy was on it. It would have um, missed. No, but, but could you imagine? Reactions, can you imagine it coming in midway through this year, like it was meant to? Oh well, we talked about it last year, didn't Made we? No we, we said there's no way that this car should come in halfway through the year. It's simply not ready. It's not ready now, and they've got a lot of work to do to make it ready for round one at, uh, at Newcastle next year. But what's the cost of the current supercar? It's about six to seven, right? I reckon about 600, 650. Yeah, so it's yeah. not a lower cost option. No. And that's what it was always meant to be. Absolutely. It was meant to be cheaper to buy and cheaper to fix. So right now it's still the same amount of money to buy. Let's see what it's going to be costing to fix. <laughs> That's, that's quite funny because when they were doing those demo laps and it's like, come on, guys, we only got one of these. Just Absolutely. Let's, let's <laughs> and yet they were still up it for the rent. <laughs> like, Don't worry yeah. about that. Anyone else got a question? We'll throw it up to the Shh. floor. Is that a hand up for hors d'oeuvres? Or a question? <laughs> no, I think that's for the hors d'oeuvres. They want a beer, those boys. Um, let's get to a couple of social media questions because there is one that I do want to address that uh, sort of touches on what you boys were sort of saying. Uh, this is from Donnie. He's a great uh, listener on our Facebook page and... Uh, He's on input, ARG is a profit business that trades off of car racing. And at the same time, they're also acting as a governing body. The point of a governing body is to generate and look after the community. Sometimes making a decision that's good for business can be in direct contrast to what is best for the community. Uh, ARG's accepted $20 million from Stan, which is great from a business perspective, but it's cost Jordan Cox half his sponsorship and presumably threatened the participation of other competitors. Now, he wants to know, at what point do, do you draw a line between... Viewing racing as a business and as an activity in competition. Now, I'll ask you, Steve, because you've actually, you're part of these categories. <laughs> well, you've got Jet in Trans Am. You've got yourself in TCM. Now, you're directly affected by all of this. Yeah, 100%. And it's very, very hard. It's The more this sort of thing comes to light, the, the harder it is to, to stay on track. Yeah. You know, and, you know, it could be, it could end up being to the cost of, you know, we spoke about it earlier, Matty, even off air, my TCM campaign, you know, where um, 
you know, trying to sell it and, and, and sell it to other sponsors, it's it's almost becomes, well, you know, it's it's easier to, to put your name on the board on the side of the football field. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, so, you got to see, that's what Nissan's done with Hawthorne. Yep. Uh, a lot of other brands, I mean, Geelong very famously attached to Ford. Yep. All of this sort of stuff, and they're finding other avenues, aren't they? They are finding other avenues, but the thing is that, you know, you, even though you go the Geelong and Ford uh, partnership there, you know, that's the, I think that's the longest standing sponsorship partnership in the world. And uh, although, and that's where they get their marketing value out of it now yep. because they've been in it for so long. So yep. it would be, it would be probably, it would be bad for them, for Ford to not sponsor Geelong. So they're almost locked into it for life, <laughs> you know. Whereas if they did, and say Toyota or someone came in and sponsored them, that would be the biggest coup for for Toyota and, and, um, and sponsoring that club with whatever happens. So a lot of it comes down to, you know, loving the sport and wanting to be involved in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, and that, that obviously offsets the, uh, you know, obviously what they get back mm-hmm. from, from investing in the sport. And yeah. Steve, I think there's, from a business perspective, there's one very, very good answer for that. To be professional needs money. So you have it as a professional business and then you have a significant amount of amateur sport which is for the love which i think is what this question is really about yep. so then you have to make a distinction is this this for money you look at every sport you look at you, you go to look to the u.s and the cost of running teams over there race teams mm-hmm. and it's coming that way here which we just talked about the cost of gen 3 it's got to be paid for so these people aren't doing it for the love of it they're doing it for a business it's all about the media rights it's about the social media it's about the generation of capital and the value of the business, and that's one side of it. But then there's a huge side of it where people say, right, I'm, it's not for the money. I'm just going to go racing. I'm going to do my track days, my local um, MX5 events, all those types of things, which are great fun. So, but there is a cost to it. And I think that's the answer to the question. The re- yeah. And the reality is, it has always been a business. It has always been a business. You look at the cars of the 70s and 80s, they all had sponsors on them because... People no one in on. their right mind would spend your own money going racing, would you? If I went home and to my wife and I said, hey, listen, I'm going to take 50 grand out of our mortgage and I'm going to go car racing, that would be the third wife. Well, my old man I, did it and then he hit a rock. That's Well, and, <laughs> true, it hit a very big... And, your, and do you think your he was mother, not in the doghouse Your mother that? is the yeah, most patient the woman on the planet. I'll give you that <laughs> strong tip. So uh, it has always been a business... You wouldn't spend your own money doing it. You need corporate dollars to do it. And in 1997, when Tony Cochran came in and he started Supercars, that was when it went to another level. Mm. Well, um, big thank you to everyone for getting on, on board our Q&A sesh. Uh, before we wrap up, we're going to draw the winner oh, here we go. of uh, this fantastic prize. It you is Steve. two Redline Hospitality man. tickets for this Friday. And the Redline Hospitality Suite is located at Turn 4. This is all thanks to Kubota. So, big round of applause for the fine peeps at Kubota. Stevie, do you want to do the honours? Stevie J, ladies and gentlemen. Making dreams come true. Here we go. I feel like I'm washing my fingers after eating crab. (laughs) (laughs) After eating what? Crab. Oh, crab. Right, right, right. Who have we got? I feel like we're in a pub. We're we're about to pull the meat tray. We are in a pub, man. We're about to pull pull a meat tray. (laughs) All right, who have we got? So I haven't got a name. I just got to read out. It's a red ticket. Who's got a red ticket? I feel like I'm. I a, think everyone. I think got everyone's a got a red ticket. Yeah. ticket oh, genius. No. B09. Oh, the great man oh, from oh, Adelaide, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 
Did you did you want me to ring your wife and say you won't be coming home tomorrow? You'll be staying? Right, oh, okay. Or is it B60? No, it's not. Yeah, no, it's, don't do that. So, round of applause. Congratulations. Congratulations. Hey, Nicely well done. done. Simone will be in touch. Uh, so make sure you track her down before you leave. Well done. And thank you to Kubota for that fantastic prize. You're gonna, we got two? Scotty, one. you're going to be enjoying two tickets, two tickets. to there the Formula One Heineken Australian Grand Prix. Oh, you're going to have to call the wife and bring her over. Good boy. <laughs> yeah. Mate, you're about to be very happy. So, congratulations there, Scotty. Nicely but, done, Scotty. Right, we're going to take a quick pause for the course. We'll get you to recharge your refreshments. Uh, take advantage of the wonderful finger food that's on offer here at Bell's Hotel. And we'll be back with more off the driver's seat live from Bell's here on... Uh, thanks to uh, our great mates at Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter. Shaping and building Australia together. This is the Driver's Seat Power Rankings. So the Driver's Seat Power Rankings are basically our version of the Dallium and Brownlow medal. Uh, after each round, Matt and Steve give a 3-2-1 vote on who they think were the best performer of the round. Now, the ranking so far after Tasmania, Shane Van Gisbergen is up six oh, votes. What a shock. He sits P1 with ten votes. Five votes, Charles Mostert. Three votes, Todd Hazelwood. Oh. He's a new entry. Uh, two votes, Brock Feeney. Davey Reynolds makes his debut in the power rankings with two votes. And uh, tried, tried to get Dave here tonight. I rang him today. I think he's actually got dinner or yeah, something. Yeah, he's got dinner or something. Yeah. He said, I said, you're soft, mate. <laughs> he goes, I know, I would rather be where you are. Trust me. It <laughs> <laughs> um, seems like everyone is uh, doing a, a, a dinner or something like tonight. But anyway, uh, one vote, Brody Kostecki and Tim Slade is a new entry. But let's, while we, we're talking supercars, let's have a look at the Melbourne 400 because uh, Albert Park will once again be hosting the third round of 2022. It's the 25th. Australian Touring Car Championship and Supercar Round. Now, drivers will be facing a new challenge at Albert Park. Now, how many people have actually driven around the new Albert Park at the moment with their... The little turn 10's gone. It's just a... Compl- the chicane part is just done and dusted. Yeah, a good part mm. is what you'd call it. <laughs> so, now, here's the thing. Shane Van Giesbergen will enter the weekend with a 67-point championship lead over Anton Di Pasquale. But Shell V Power Racing Team... Will Davison is also in the mix, just 55 points behind uh, Anton de Pasquale. <laughs> and DJR have actually dominated Albert Park in the recent past. They won seven of the last 12 races at this venue. Now, Steve, you would have seen... Um, like we're, we're so accustomed to seeing just a red shell Mustang or Ford go very fast around this track. What's the mood like uh, at DJR? Because this is the real time for them to take a big punch. Yeah, I think they're, uh, they're actually pretty confident because they've come away from... You wouldn't think that it's actually been a successful last round in, in Tasmania, but that's, an, that's a track that Triple Eight have always been probably one of their strongest tracks of the year, and, and it hasn't always been a strong DJR track. So mm-hmm. um, this track here is very similar to uh, a Sydney Motorsport Park, long flowing corners and, and so forth, and that's why they've had success here. Yep. Uh, they were fast at, obviously, Sydney Motorsport Park at the start of this year, so I think they're going into this round quite confident, and uh, um, you would. You know, you've got both drivers that that know this year they need to just finish and get points to be in the hunt for the championship. Anton yep. was fast, won a lot of races last year, but ultimately had six DNFs, which cost him any chance of, of, of 
contention in the championship. Yeah, he went, he had an absolute mare of a round last year. And it was it's so bad, too, because like he stuck... On all those races, he had DNFs. He was either pole or on the front row. Well, Bathurst, or, first round. Yeah. yeah, I had pole and into the fence. So, yeah. so th- that's what they're doing this year. If they can't win the race, they're just trying to make best of what they've got. P2, P3, P4, P5... You know, and you saw that with Will Davison on the weekend. He got beaten around a bit at Simmons Plains, yep. went back a few spots, had a bad start, but edged his way back up and had a couple of podiums. So, um, you know, I think if you look at the whole scheme of things, DJR in the team's championship are quite a way ahead already of P2. Yeah. Um, and they just need to keep doing that, keep gathering points, because the other guys will end up tripping over and having a bad round at some stage. Do you think WAU, Walkinshaw Andretti United and Chaz Mostert should be good here? Long load. Typically, we know that WAU cars are good on the long loaded stuff. So, are they going to be decent here? Do you think, or are they going to be garbage? Well, you wouldn't have said that last year when with their track record at Sydney Motorsport Park. Yeah, they did make a massive improvement this year at SMP with Chaz winning one of the races. But I would say. You know, I, th- I think they're definitely much closer than what they were. Yeah. You know, obviously, Scotty Pye won a race here in, with, with yes, WIU colours. in the dark. Yep. In the dark. But, um, you know, I think that... Um, I don't think they're going to be the strongest, put it that way. I don't think they're going to be the pace setter. Because they had a Barry Crocker in at Simmons Plate. Oh, I was about to say. Absolute shocker. So, Chaz enters Tasmania, and he's got the orange numbers on the door. Leaves, and he's fourth in the championship, 145 points. That's one, almost one full race behind. Yep. You've got to be pulling your hair out if you're Chazzy, uh, especially that's, after all that momentum. That's what a DNF does to you. you know? mm. and we, we just touched on that with Anton. You know, One DNF, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, got caught up in that accident uh, with Winterbottom, mm. and, uh, and basically it was um, yeah, all over Red Rover for Chaz. As the, the more credentialed drivers sitting on the uh, table here. What do you reckon the new track's going to be like? Because I look at it and I go, they've just pulled out another passing zone. There's like, there's not, there's not enough passing to start with and they've just pulled out a really good passing zone. Is the new track where they're going round the back, flat biscuit, is it going to be, provide good racing or is it going to be boring? I reckon it's going to make the old turn nine and ten, the fast left right, which is probably yep. now seven and eight, yep. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm going to tip that the, the offs on that those corners are going to be much faster. <laughs> <laughs> and I th- but I think they're, they're tipping that that section of the track's actually going to be faster than the front straight. 200 and, 200, between 280 and 290k an hour. For a supercar. For a supercar. Yep. And, a, and a Formula One car up to 350. Yeah. That's Which is, that is, if you've never driven at 200k plus, 250, 300k an hour, I cannot tell you how fast that is. I think it would have been sensational back when I uh, I got caught behind Rick Kelly and Craig Lowndes having a dust up and ended up. <laughs> is that when you ripped the doors off the, it, the diff the, out the of doors, it? Yeah, 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 I pulled the car apart. And Some very funny second. vision of you doing that on uh, yeah, on the driver's sure seat last is. year. I don't know how funny that was. Check it out on YouTube. But, uh, <laughs> check, you can check that out on the driver's seat app. Actually, now one last one too. Shane van de Gisbergen has actually never won a championship race at Albert Park. Uh, oh, there you go. He hasn't won there, actually, even when it was a, no- a demonstration round since 2016. So, uh, wow. In fact, 2016. Yeah, when, when it was just a yeah, uh, right. demo. It's a non championship. Yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. good stat, Nimsy. That's a good stat. Oh, well done. I'm no Aaron Noonan, but. Uh, That's a good <laughs> stat. <laughs> but, um, but now, here's the thing. The last time that he was at Albert Park, he was on pole. Pol. So if there was, so he's actually got a pole. For and then a race. that's when it got got, got, <laughs> got cancelled. Got cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> so he was ready to start P one, and all of a sudden it's like, no, mate, pack it up, let's go. Uh, so he clearly, would you say that 
well, the form that SVG is, as I said, he's, he could race a wheelie bin faster than anyone yeah. else at the moment. So do you reckon that he's going to be looking at these stats or not giving an absolute toss? No, he doesn't nah, give a he toss. he look at stats. No. He will start <laughs> he on the first or second row, guaranteed. Mm. And I think Anton will be there too. I think Will will be there. Will's always strong there. Yep. Um, I've got a feeling... I'll probably be wrong because you're always right. Your, your crystal balls are always shinier than mine. My balls are very shiny, let but me tell you. <laughs> i got a feeling Cameron Waters... People Waters, are eating, Matthew. Sorry, my crystal balls, keep it. My crystal balls are very Cameron shiny. Wa- Cameron Waters will be up there too, I reckon. Really? Yep. Righto. Uh, only him. You know you know, this is being listened to by a few people. Yeah, only Cameron him. Waters, you reckon? Yep. Righto. So right, I'm going to write that down, and I'm going to take you that's to what task I said. I've gone, next week. I've when, gone out of a, on a limb here, and I reckon but, Cam okay, Waters will be up there. Cam Waters for the whole weekend up there, or just for like one race? Because that's all nah, they ever do. They go absolutely horrendous, and they make some change to the car. He has one good start, and and or qualifying, <laughs> and uh, that's Cam Waters, the ghost of Cam <laughs> Waters. <laughs> yeah. so, you, um, you reckon it's eerie gust of wind? Because I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you, Tickford Racing for mine is. An absolute basket case. They, they've got all the sponsorship in the world. They've got fantastic drivers. They've got brilliant engineers. And they go nowhere. Every year, they go nowhere. Don't and, sit on the fence, man. And if Cam... I was about to say. <laughs> no, no splinters in my bum. Is let that me tell Tim you. walking if, out? Tim if, Edwards? If, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Tim. Come and tell me why. Well, you remember last year, I put the blowtorch on Tim. I said, why aren't you better? Because your fans want to know and your, and your corporate people want to know why you're not better. You should be better. But you've got, they've got zero consistency. And I reckon if there was an option for Cam Waters to go to a Triple Eight, to go to a DJR, to maybe even go well, to, we, to, go to an that, Erebus. I got you. To Every go to time Erebus. you say something about Cam Waters, this thing falls <laughs> on your head. Uh, I, reckon, I reckon he would go. But at the moment, he's locked into a contract there. Um, but I, I just reckon Tickford, and I'll probably be proven wrong now, I reckon Tickford are garbage. Absolute garbage. So, Stevie, the last two rounds... Don't say anything bad about Cam Waters, it'll yeah, fall on your head. Oh. The last two rounds, significantly different tracks between what we're going to face this weekend to last night. What's the, the, the difference in setup, and does that give one team an advantage over another? We see some teams perform better in street circuits, and other on the more flowing tracks. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. DJR, and, and even back... When I was full time there, uh, pre twenty fourteen, um, DJR really struggled at those tracks. We were fast at the street circuits, but not great. You're going to get hit again, Matty. I haven't Jeez said anything about Cam. I haven't said anything about Cam. Maybe that's for those who are not in the room. I keep getting hit in the head by an SEN I'm just going to wait. You here. stand up there. I reckon maybe that was my old man. <laughs> I just started talking about DJR and how crap they were back then on street <laughs> on. on on long flowing tracks, but yeah, that's a big call. Seeing as though you were their number one driver, yeah, I know, and it was average. You know, we we struggled, but you go to Adelaide or you go to the Gold Coast, and uh, and we were fine. So it's it's definitely a, they've turned the tables there now. They're really really fast those fast flowing tracks, and I don't think that they've got the upper hand at the moment at places like Bathurst. I think guys like WAU and Triple Eight have got the cars to beat at Bathurst Erebus. and the, Erebus, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. the thing we're seeing now is is it's not. Um, Reliability because most cars will finish now. I mean, back in your dad's day, I mean, you're lucky for half the field to finish. Correct. Now, the field's finishing in some cases within a second or two seconds for the top 10. So, is it driving style? Do some people love a, uh, a street circuit or a mountain circuit? And others like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for referring to my worst nightmare. I appreciate that. Now, oh, others like the, um, like the open. Open circuits. I think you're, yeah, yeah, you're right there. You got guys like Scotty McLaughlin who were just 
super impressive at places like Phillip Island, Albert Park, you know, and and for myself, I really enjoyed the street circuit. So it took me a long time to, you know, we had a podium when that was the uh, the 500 kilometre race at Phillip Island, but it took me years to even just get used to it. Such a different driving style in those places. So it's not only the team that's got to work on their setup, it's definitely the driver and, and, and the way the driver drives the car. Um, you can you can pick the thing up by the scruff of the neck and try to drive it really hard and you'll go a second a lap slower. So it's just such a it's such a different feeling to be able to drive a car faster around a track like Phillip Island that you've got to be very reserved and I haven't got that much patience to be t- to be honest, Malcolm, I just want to go. And the faster I more, the harder I try to go, the slower I go. It's bizarre. Is there any home track advantage? Um, not at the Grand Prix. Not at the Grand Prix, no. no but not there, but other I don't think there is as much now. Not like there used to be. Um, there's so much. The guys are so quick. In, in I mean, look at Brock Feeney down at Simmons Plains. He's never been to the track before in any category. And he was on the podium. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and he was fast all weekend. And he was leading Shane Van Gisbergen until he... Totally washed out and let him pass. And at, at the end of the day, you look at places like Winton. Brad Jones doesn't win every race at Winton. Um, WAU doesn't win every race at Winton when that's their home track. Correct. And the same for Triple Eight and, and, and DJR at Queensland Raceway. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's actually been DJR and Triple Eight that have dominated Winton over the yeah, correct. Over so, the guys that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that that test there. There's just engineering. There's engineering excellence. There's no home track advantage anymore. Yeah. So we'll we'll be looking forward to seeing what happens in the return of the Melbourne 400. So all the qualifying is on Friday too, so we'll be knowing the entire grid for the rest of the race. You'll see it. There we go. You'll be there. It'll be a lot of fun. The winner of our our corporate pass for Friday. (laughs) But uh, yes, that was our power rankings here on the driver's seat. We'll be back to wrap it all up right after this, and we'll be doing it live from Bell's Hotel in South Melbourne. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. And welcome back to the driver's seat. A big thank you to everyone for coming out to Bell's Hotel tonight. Yeah. And thank you to Mick and the team at Bell's Hotel. They do some fantastic Good on work. You, Mick. This is one of the few times I've actually been in Bell's Hotel where I'm not actually uh, partaking in some beverageinos. So, I think uh, you should. Who wants to see Nimsy get trashed? No. Me. No. I do. First time he's living on his own accord. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, thank you to Mick and the team here at Bell's Hotel and thank you all thank to, you. for coming out and making this show a great success. So we really, really appreciate it. I was just going to say, have we noticed on the show tonight that there's been no uh, chat, 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 offline and then, oops, Five seconds. It's well, like, there was a rod back at the show has been doing a great job. Yes. So he's been like, right. You're on soon, guys. Thank so you we... for reminding us that our mics are on, a <laughs> rod. Appreciate that. It does give me a laugh, though, Nimsy, when you forget that we're on. Well, it's just because we, we always sort of say that this show is just having a chat with your mates, and uh, yeah, just tonight, tonight we're doing that with all of you guys, and we really thank you for coming out. So give yourselves a pat on the back and a Fantastic. round of applause as well. Uh, a couple of loose ends though before we go, because we do have to mention. Uh, news came out. Oh, I get to sit down for this one. This is cool. I get to sit back. Jet Johnson. This is the Johnson show. Oh, oh, oh. Jet Johnson secured his first Bathurst endurance race. Stevie J, Junior Johnson Junior, Triple J. He will be in. He's he's going to be in a. Uh, is, what is it? A, a BMW as part of the twelve hour? Correct. Oh, six hour. Six, six hour. Six yeah. hour. Six hour. So yes. tell us how this came about, Stevie. Uh, well, Jet actually raced last year with uh, so Paul, who who owns the car. Um, who's race, obviously racing in the 6 hour? He was entered with two drivers. 
the races actually works better with three drivers. And that's why you see a lot of these guys, like SVG won it last year, yep. Shane Smolin and his um, co-driver did it, obviously, the year before. Yep. They needed SVG last year. Beric Linton, who's a, a previous winner with Tim Lay, mm-hmm. they realised that you need a third driver to make the timing work with the six hours and, and, and the drive time. So they've got Will Davison with them now. Nice. Um, so Paul was really keen to give Jet a go. Jet drove with Paul's uh, daughter last year in uh, an enduro at Morgan Park up in Queensland. Basically the same car as what he's driving in the six hour with Paul, but uh, it's a it's the non-turbocharged 125i BMW, I think it is, whereas Paul's is a 135i BMW M. So uh, it's going to be quite cool for you, man. I think it's just great that... Um, Paul's actually quite keen to give Jet and and his uh, co-driver uh, Brock Payne, who's driving with them, um, yep. most of the driving. And um, literally, it's perfect for him to not only, and, and I'm sure you're going to mention it, he's doing double duties with Trans Am as well, um, but to do, you know, probably two and a half odd hours of driving around Bathurst just to learn it as and well. How, how old is he? That's going to be crazy. 17. 17. Yep. <laughs> so, what were you doing? Well, I don't know. What were no, you doing at 17? Not much. My mum's in the audience here, and I don't reckon she knew half of what I was getting up to at 17. But I can tell you, I was not driving around Mount Panorama. Yeah, but I can tell you right now, like I, what I was doing at 17, I bet you Jet Johnson couldn't rotate a uh, milk fridge at an IGA with the speed that I could at 17. <laughs> wow. But, uh, <laughs> Employee of the month of Minazor over here. <laughs> uh, one last one, too. And uh, congr- congratulations. And we'll, uh, we'll pass on our regards to Jet. Because he will know that he's absolutely killing it in uh, his circuit racing at the moment. Uh, and like you said, just at 17. But uh, we also got to mention SVG. We touched on it briefly, but he finished second uh, in, in his rally debut the in the ARC. Freak. The dude is just he phenomenal. Is yeah. Yeah, and the guy in front of him just had to be Harry Bates. Like, yeah. Harry be looking at his review or looking at the times at the stage going, oh, shit. Well, Harry, <laughs> Harry is arguably the best rally driver we have in this country right now. Mm. And SVG, and, and, and Harry's got a lot of experience, right? And then SVG comes into his first race and comes second. Yeah. Wins, like, the, wins the power stage. Wins the power stage <laughs> and comes second overall. How would Harry be feeling, do you reckon? Yeah. Oh, I'm great. while about Harry. <laughs> That's exactly right, A-Rod. <laughs> so, I, 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 yeah. It's impressive. He, he but SVG I mean, you know, is I'm, just I'm impressive. Not, I'm not taking any shine off this because Shane's super talented in whatever he does. He did a rally in New Zealand last year. His dad's from a rally background. He's done a lot of rally driving. He grew up on a farm, so all he did was take his dad's cars out and <laughs> fang them around on the dirt, which is what we do. all want Perfect. as Absolutely. kids. Absolutely, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I just think that, you know, not only... Um, I think SVG... And, and you know what? SVG didn't even do go-karts. No. He never even raced... And a lot of people don't realise SVG didn't grow up, like my son Jet, racing go-karts from seven. He was literally out banging around the paddock in cars and doing this and that. He ended up racing Formula Ford um, when he was a bit older and then obviously in the cars. And, I mean, it just sometimes I think it goes to show that you don't need to be doing stuff at seven years old, yeah. you know. Sorry, I just want to give a shout-out to Laura. He's going to have a baby very soon. Yes, Laura's Laura from Kubota, who has rocked in here. <laughs> and her partner, Diamond Dan, from DS Auto. So yeah. hopefully I can get a discount. DS Auto. <laughs> Where, where's, the, uh, where's the cash register sound for DS Auto there? <laughs> Thank you for coming, Laura. I really appreciate it. And 20, how many? 25 weeks, 25 weeks. Good luck for the next oh, and she's 15. Having, she's having no maternity leave. We can't do without her. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Supports a lot of what we do from a motorsport perspective. Now, Nimsy, I know this is the wrap-up of the show, but 
Um, we've got a very educated audience within motorsport, and I want to just quickly throw to the audience about who's going to win Formula One this year, this weekend in Melbourne. If any of you say Danny Rick, you're going to get thrown out because Danny's going to be P nowhere all weekend. So what do we reckon? Lewis Hamilton? No for Lewis Hamilton. Is it, will it be a Ferrari? Potentially yep, Ferrari. a Ferrari. I'm going Ferrari. You're going to go Ferrari. Ferrari. You've got your crystal balls dusted. Yeah, and they're sponsored by Shell. <laughs> seriously, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, seriously, is there ever an... Hey, uh, Malcolm, well, who, who, who do you reckon is going to fin- uh, win Formula 1? I reckon Charles. Charlie? Yep. Mrs. Max favourite. I reckon he's going to give it a good shot. Now, you are having lunch with Daniel Ricciardo on Monday. Am I, I am, correct? Yes, that's correct, yep. If he is absolutely nowhere on the weekend, what are you going to say to him on Monday? And, and are you going to get him P155 at the restaurant? Best put your race car on car sales, eh? It's nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> so you reckon, you reckon Charlie Leclerc? What do you reckon, my friend? I'm going to go with Max Verstappen because, like... No, you know, Max. Yeah, because, like, well, first off, he was... When it was I hit a, the wall. When it was... A, yeah, uh, copy Max. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when we had uh, the last race here, when... Uh, Mercedes dominated. He was the last guy on the podium. He was filling out the ranks. And now he seems to be the only one that under these new regulations that has sort of got his head around it still. Because, yes, it's great seeing Ferrari at the front. Max is still there. He's still there with that number one on the door going, guys, still here. Yeah. And he's not hitting as many walls as he used to. Who would love to see George Russell win? How good would it for George Russell (laughs) win? The newcomer. And Hamilton nowhere. (laughs) That's exactly right. The, the new favourite driver in the McKeldon household for the two Little Macs think that gorgeous George is all nice and dreamy. Yep. Uh, they want to see him win. So I'll go for, for George I this must weekend. admit, it was quite cool to see Lewis Hamilton probably drive the race of his life for 10th and one point. What do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> reckon. It's going to be really interesting. New, new, new surface, new track in, in many ways, new cars, new drivers. This is going to be hopefully the best Grand Prix we've seen in... 10 years. Now, those session times, as I pointed out, uh, practice one is 1 p.m. on Friday. 4 p.m. is practice two. Uh, on Saturday, practice three at 1 p.m. Qualifying at 4 p.m. And Sunday is when it all goes down. Uh, the race is at 3 p.m. Completely sold out, but a fantastic place to watch the Formula 1 Grand Prix is, of course, Bell's Hotel. So, make sure get on down. Hello, Max. <laughs> so, watch the wall, Max. So, make sure you get on down there. That about wraps up the driver's seat. But before we go, I do want to say thank you to each and every one of you guys for coming out tonight. Give yourselves a round of applause and a big pat on awesome. the back. Awesome. Well done. Thank you so much. Uh, got, got some acknowledgements. Thank you to Mick and the team at Bell's Hotel on, for organising this. Keep it going for Mick and the team. Uh, not only that, uh, Simone's done an incredible job in organising this as well. So we Yay, thank, Simone. So we thank Simone for all Where's of Simone? her help. Uh, I think she's at the bar. Simone's at the Crying. bar. I can see her at the bar with a thumbs up. On Simone's your Simone. always at the bar. <laughs> uh, a big thank you to Michael Lofnan who set up all this kit as well and a uh, tremendous effort there with all of his technical guru. And, of course, a big thank you to A-Rod back in the studio. Thank, thank you, A-Rod. 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 Thanks, Rodster. <laughs> who's Phantom been, button pusher. Who's been pushing all the buttons and doing a fantastic job. And without A-Rod being here... I wouldn't actually be no, here. No, you wouldn't Correct. have been here, which would not have been... We, we, when, when you said you weren't going to be here, we put protest letters into Hutchie <laughs> and made it happen for you to be here, mate. So, well done. So, a big thank you to A-Rod for uh, jumping on board. For those that uh, haven't, aren't following A-Rod on Twitter, make sure you do so. He's world of A-Rod at all of his social media. Oh, and right, uh, anyone that wants to see Hawthorne yeah, Fan good. TV brought go. back, yeah, good. Uh, address your letters to S. Thompson, Level 5... Uh, 
Triple one, Coventry Street, um, uh, South Melbourne, with the topic we want Hawthorne Fan TV. But thank you so much, everyone. Give hey, yourselves a round of applause. Oh. And you forgot the great man who makes... Th- this course. is the man who makes it all happen. He hasn't finished yet, right? We were building to it. Well, sorry. I'll, okay, sorry. You build. Now, for the past six years, I have been saying this is the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. And together, we have actually shaped and built a fantastic motorsport community that has resulted in a pub full of fans. So thank you, guys. Again, give yourselves a round of applause for coming out to, on a... On a rather chilly Wednesday night, there's never any Chilly for us. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Malcolm, your support has been fantastic over the past six years, so we do really appreciate this. Oh, what a catch. <laughs> How good was that? Mate, I've got, got to give up steering wheels and take up cricket balls. That was outstanding. Got him! There you go. But, yeah, this has been the driver's seat. Uh, Thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, they've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. We'll be back next Wednesday live. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.